guys, welcome to a brand new episode. <laughs> we got our own song up in this piece. Doug, welcome to DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my RC. What's up, man? Very familiar backdrop back in Bristol. The grind is about to start for my guy. If you yeah. weren't busy in Man, listen, you know, bro, like, I'm excited. The season is here. We got Monday Night Countdown. I have DC and RC every Tuesday still, still on NFL Live. But, like, this is what we signed up for, for, bro. A boy from Lafayette, a boy from the West Bank of Louisiana, doing big things, repping our state the right way, bro. And I'm excited to talk about what we have on the show today. You know, a lot of times people start to feel sorry for the travel and everything, but we chose this. And you always got to yep. be blessed to know that you got what you look for. It coming up on the show, guys. We're going to talk about Max Holloway's big win over the Korean Zombie. We also look forward to UFC 296 and try to figure out who's going to headline one of the biggest cards of the year. And as always, we tap in or we tap out. RC, Lil Daniel was playing Madden yesterday, bro. And I saw y'all on Madden. No, you really did come up. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Hey, bro, because it was a secret, man. So we couldn't let it out until Madden actually dropped. And it's one of those weird things. They couldn't promote the pivot. So Fred, Channing, and myself basically had to go into a deal as individuals and be the Madden, the Madden cast. It was super cool. Three former <laughs> football players on a game that you dreamed, you dreamt of being on as a player to now be on it as an analyst or quote-unquote podcaster, it's super dope, man, and the blessings just keep coming. Yeah, absolutely. Happy for you guys. I was like, dang, that's our seat. I'm up there too. Like, this boy <laughs> everywhere, man. I can't close my eyes and not see Ryan Clark. Ryan. <laughs> but another guy that was front and center last weekend has lived there in mixed martial arts, Max Holloway. He got that fight that he was asking for for so long against the Korean Zombie. And not only did he win, he delivered in resounding fashion. You couldn't have even expected Max to look any better. How impressed were you? But I feel like my biggest question when it comes to Max Holloway, RC, is how frustrating is it to be that good but be just right underneath one person? Because he's so clearly the second best guy in the weight class, but that he just dominates other guys like this. Yeah, what is he? It, we something like he's undefeated against the rest of the people in the featherweight division, but he's 0-3 against champion Alexander Volkanovsky, and he's just that good. When you're talking about Max Holloway, the way that he's boxed, you go back to Yair Rodriguez and turning himself into a total mixed martial artist by holding him up against the cage, using his wrestling and his grappling. And so when you think about Max Holloway, you think about Hall of Fame. You think about one of the best to ever do it. I still have that vision in my head of him screaming to y'all, I'm the best boxer. This the varsity. Like, that's who Max Holloway <laughs> is. This is the same dude in a championship fight against Brian Ortega was teaching him how to block the strikes while still striking with him. And so Max Holloway <laughs> once again goes out against the Korean zombie and puts on an absolute show that's finished with the overhand right. But before I pass it back to you, DC, and allow the world to get your thoughts, which is really why they come here, 
I want to give props to the Korean zombie. I want to talk about a mixed martial artist that lived up to his nickname or octagon name so much, we stopped using his real name. And when he came out for the third round, he came out ready to swing for the fences. He came out ready to go toe-to-toe with one of the best that has ever done it. And if that's the way we are going to see the Korean zombie off, I say this all the time. If I'm going to go down, D.C., if I'm going to fail, if I'm going to lose, I want to do that junk being myself. And he went out totally being himself, throwing caution to the wind, and standing face-to-face with one of the best to ever do it in the featherweight division. So salute to you, Korean Zombie. Welcome to retirement. You have earned this rest. His name, yeah, you know, it's crazy. Like you said, Ryan, we stopped using his name. His name is Chan Sung Jung, right? But he was so and regarded as the Korean Zombie that people didn't call him that anymore. But the reality is this. Max Holloway pitched an it was like watching a guy that's pitching and he's pitching a no-hitter or a one-hitter because he was doing exactly what he intended to do inside the octagon. And he was always ready. One of the things that was most uh, evident to me whenever the fight started, it looked stronger. He looked bigger. He looked like he had put on some muscle going into this fight. And he was ready for everything. But when the Korean zombie went full zombie mode, Max yeah. once again proved as we have seen him do on many, many occasions, how tough he is. This is, a, this is a Hawaiian boy that is tough and mean. And if you're going to fight him, he's going to fight you. He did it with Jeremy Stevens with 10 seconds to go. He's winning the whole fight, points to the center of the octagon and says, let's go. Stood there and just threw bang and just bang with him when he didn't have to. Korean Zombie tried to do him this weekend, gets hit with the right hand. Max Holloway again why he is one of the greatest fighters of all time bro and i'm not saying this because we're friends i love max holloway personally but in terms of his athletic ability and his accomplishments they are second to none the guy's 18 and 0 against the rest of the featherweights yeah. only guy that can <laughs> yeah, figure bro. him out is alexander volkanovsky and that is nothing to sneeze at because volkanovsky is great but ryan you wanted to give the korean zombie his flowers you wanted to tell how impressed you were by his approach I sit next to that on RC so many times, and I watch someone losing 28 or two, two rounds to nothing with a round to go, and they sit back almost waiting for the final bell. And it is the most frustrating thing in the world to me. Korean Zombie was losing two rounds, and opposed to sitting there and waiting, he said, man, to hell with this, I'm fighting. I am going to yes. fight. I'm going to go out on my shield. The appreciation for the Korean zombie is rooted in those types of moments where you saw him overcome adversity, die on, die on his shield, and just give. And, bro, when they played his walkout song afterwards, man, I about started crying. Korean zombie, because you know he got that song from the Cranberries. It's called Zombie, and the crowd was singing it. It's in Singapore. Dude, it was a crazy moment. My boy Eddie Cha, in his arms, it was. It was a retirement befitting a guy that stole the hearts of the whole general mixed martial arts public. You know what it is, too? It's, it's really 
something you have to pay respect to Max Holloway for as well. Max Holloway called for this fight. Max Holloway is the number one contender in the featherweight division, but we've seen him fight the Yair Rodriguez's, the, the Brian Ortega's, the, the, the Calvin Caters. We've seen all of this before, and he's seen it, right? He's been in the octagon with those dudes. He knows that he's better, but he respected Korean Zombie so much. He didn't want his career to end, that's Max Holloway's career, and he didn't want the Korean Zombie's career to end without ever being inside the octagon with him. To me, that's the utmost respect, DC. Yeah, I'm fighting down seven slots. Yeah, I'm fighting someone that lost in four rounds to Alexander Volkanovsky, but I'm okay, Volkanovsky, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with getting in there with somebody I respect, somebody who I know is coming to fight each and every day. And that's what you got to respect about a guy like Max Holloway. And it's Crazy. Max Holloway's 31 years old, dog. Like, Max Holloway's <laughs> not one of these dudes that's entering his 40s and that's out of his prime. He's already the all-time strikes leader in mixed martial arts. My son, Jordan, is texting me, and he was like, Pop, I don't know what the hell Max Holloway's face is made out of. And so when you look at him now, though, DC, after fighting Korean Zombie, after seeing him dominate Arnold Allen in the fight previously— there is nobody else for him other than Alexander Volkanovsky inside of the division. What's the next step for Max? Where do we see him go next, DC? Because now it's like you're must-see TV whenever you're on. We just don't know who we must see you against. You know, it's the craziest thing trying to figure out what's next for Max Holloway. Another thing before I want to toss to some sound that Max had at the press conference Max Holloway got out the way, right? He was fighting for Hawaii. We know what they're going through over there. But he got out the way and allowed the Korean Zombie to have a moment. He didn't have a long yes. post-fight interview. He knew what was happening. Part gave love to his homeland, gave love to his 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 state, and then he got out of there and left the Korean Zombie to have his moment. That was also big of Max Holloway. But when you talk about Max and where he stands in the division. It is a very different place. Max had this to say at the post-fight press conference. So take a listen. Undeniable, man. All week I've been saying undeniable. I'm not here to call nobody out. Uh, that's your guys' job to figure that out. That's the fans' job to do for me. So I'm just here to be undeniable. I want to win the title back. I want to defend it a bunch of times. And after we do that, maybe even go up, go up a weight or, or two to get more titles. So we'll see what happens. You know, anything's possible. All I got to do is... Uh, Focus, you know, keep one foot in front of the other and uh, keep grinding. What I'm thinking is this. With Max Holloway saying, I just want to be undeniable. It's hard to deny a guy another opportunity whenever he fights in the way that he fights. Granted, that Alexander Volkanovsky has some work to do. He's going to fight Ilya Taporia. And we will see what happens there. But I think for Max Holloway, if you continue to put him in there with people... It seems as though he's going to continue to beat them, which then in turn makes less challengers for the champion, Alexander Volkanovsky. So you find him in a really odd situation. I mean, like 3,100 strikes. The second is Angelo. She has 1,800, bro. Dude's got over 1,300 more strikes landed in the UFC over the second person on the list. But if he goes and fights a Taporia, he's going to be favored. If he goes and fights Arnold Allen, 
guy. He beat him. So I don't know if continuing to march him out there with more featherweights is the right thing to do. Change at the top. For Max Holloway, I think the biggest thing for him is going to be change. He needs hope that Taporia can get the job done against Volkanovsky because just like Valentina Shevchenko, losing the belt, it refreshes the division. And that's exactly what Max Holloway needs. Yeah, I mean, you want to say that Ilya Taporia can get in there with Alexander Volkanovsky and really solve a puzzle that no one else has been able to solve, which is the puzzle of Volk, but I just don't see it happening. And it almost feels like Max Holloway has to be in some sort of limbo until some, something at the top of the featherweight division changes. So for me, it's... Is Max Holloway now the super fight guy? Does Max Holloway try to move up to 155 where we know that Islam Mahachev is king? It's such a difficult place for him to be because you are one of the most exciting fighters in the entire organization. You are one of the best fighters in the entire organization. And if not for one man, maybe has the longest featherweight reign of all time. And that's very difficult because I agree with you, DC. When we see him in there with these lesser fighters or these fighters who are also vying for championship contention, he's in a different class than those dudes. But if we look to the fight or the final fight finale of the trilogy, it looked like Alexander Volkanovsky was in a different class, class than Max Holloway. And so those are the difficult things that the matchmakers of the UFC are going to have to deal with. When you look at Max Holloway, DC, and I know it matters on how you can gain weight, how you can cut weight. Is he now going to be the guy where if we have an exciting fighter that is near Max Holloway's weight class, the UFC is trying to put him inside the octagon with them just to entertain the fans until something can shake differently in the featherweight division? You know what's crazy, RC? It's like I understand Give him the fun fights, but generally you give the fun fights to the guys that kind of on their way out. Like you said, Max yes. is 31, bro. Like this dude is 31 years old. It's crazy. We have watched him grow up inside the octagon. He's one of those guys that just a special talent, and you feel like he's going to be around for a long time still. Dude, Max Holloway, for all the damage that he's taken, RC, has never been knocked down. Like Jordan said, the guy's ran it. He cannot be hurt. He's so tough. He's so that he's going to be a handful for anyone. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him next because the one time he fought at 155, he seemed a little bit small. So for as big as he is at featherweight, it would be like in terms of him being a lightweight, he's not necessarily a big guy at 145. So when you think about Max Holloway, RC, he's one of the all-time greats, but he's not currently holding a championship. So I think the best fighters in the UFC that don't hold the title, excluding Max Holloway. We can't put Max on the list, but who do you believe are three fighters currently in the octagon fighting that don't hold the UFC? 
I mean, honestly, for me, it's going to be Brandon Moreno, Sergey Pavlovich, and Hamzat Chemaev. I think when you look at those three men in D.C., I was truly trying to stay away from former champions because you could go to guys like Alex Pajeda. You could go to guys that have had the crown and then lost it, or Yuri Prochaska, and talk about the fact that those guys should be champions. But I believe Brandon Moreno, who we've seen in absolute wars in his division, to me, is number three. Sergey Pavlovich, who should be working his way up to a heavyweight title opportunity based on what happens between Stipe and John Jones and Hamzat Chemaev. Hamzat Chemaev, who will have to fight at 185, but he's 12-0. We saw him dominate during COVID, and after his absolute war with Gilbert Burns, seems like a dude that is battle-tested and understands how to take himself to deep water and wade until he can swim his way out. So these are three men I look to to seeing them battle for the championship really soon, and many of them, if not all of them, can win it all. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays. Well, what about selling with Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch at your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autograph apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U S and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dcrc. All lowercase, go to shopify.com slash dcrc now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash DCRC. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You know, what's crazy is, like, you stayed away from the former champions, and I think I might have all former champions. So, for me, (laughs) it was at number (laughs) – because I'm thinking – the best fighter without a belt, most of them are former champions. At number three, yeah. I have Charles Oliveira and Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah. Charles Oliveira, in the way that he fought against Benil Dariush, looked as good as he's ever looked inside the octagon. Obviously, Valentina is who she is, and I didn't feel like the list would be complete without nor, without listing the former champion at 125. At number two, I got Aaron Blanchfield, bro. It's a good one. Young lady That's fight the one. other day, and I said to myself, I go, Aaron Blanchfield is really, really good because we know how hard of a fight Tyler Santos was for Valentina Shevchenko for out there. Get beat up in the first round, stay the course, and win the fight in the way that she did. And by the third round, RC, one landing the strikes. She was the one that wasn't at all. She was the one pressing and moving into Santos. Unbelievably impressive. And at number one, I agree with you. I think the best fighter that's not holding the championship right now, of course, Hamza Chumaya. This kid is going to redefine what fighting is. I think that if he goes back to 170, he's on a very short list of guys that can hold the championship. I think that in the right matchups at 180, this is a guy that can hold the championship. And I also believe that in time, because it's a very young man still, R.C., this may be the guy. Connor always talked about it. I think Hamza Chemaev may make it a reality. Could hold a championship at at 205 pounds as he gets Mm. older. I think that with this kid's fighting style and his ability, he could win it light and he could win it heavy. He is the, uh, the definition of... Pound for pound, because I don't believe that that style will not translate between 205 all the way down to 170, RC. Yeah, when you think about where we've seen him fight so far in the welterweights and middleweight division, he's absolutely been dominant over people inside the octagon. And if he can gain the weight, because he is already someone that has a difficult time cutting to 170, when you look at the way he grapples, the toughness that we've seen him show, especially in that fight versus Gilbert Burns, he's a dude that I could see as he gets older and puts on some of that grown man weight, DC, which is something 
both you and I know about, have him fight yeah. at light heavyweight yeah. and use his ability to stay close to guys. When he gets his hands on you, it's hard to get them off, and it's also hard <laughs> to get up from that top pressure. This is a dude that has longevity in the game, and I believe at some point may not only have one championship belt, but two, even three, according to the great DC. DC, something else that happened recently is that we found <laughs> out there's going to be a December pay-per-view card. Now, this card does not have a main event, so I want you to take out your matchmaker crystal ball, and if you have an opportunity to pick the December 16th main event, what would it be, especially based off of some of the main events we're going to see throughout September, October, and November? Well, R.C., didn't Connor say that him and in that fight card? I just saw the other day he put, like, a post okay. saying that the fight was done. It was Conor McGregor versus oh. Mike Chandler. That's not true. Conor McGregor's lying, bro. Conor McGregor tries to will things into existence. He thinks that if he says it enough, it's going to happen. But it's not going to happen. It's not Conor Mike. We were hoping that it was Conor Mike. But, R.C., I think that it boils down to two things. You look at the pay-per-views we have on the docket right now. Makachev and Abu Dhabi, which just makes sense, right? The, 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 the Dagestanis do really well in the Middle East. Then you got Izzy in Australia, which just makes sense. Then for the 30th anniversary card, you got Jones and Stipe, which is the biggest fight in Madison Square Garden. It just makes sense. For me, when I start to break everything down, Alexa Grasso is also fighting Valentina Shevchenko. On Mexican Independence Day. It just makes sense. So a lot of times, RC, it boils down to what makes sense. So in December, Colby yeah. Covington will get his opportunity mm. against Leon Edwards. That's why those guys have not been matched up yet. They've always kind of been hold them off until there is no more option to, to, to make sure we don't need these guys in November if Jones and Stipe fall out or fall apart because sometimes that whole deal can be a little bit tricky. And then what they're going to have is these two guys fighting in December, and I believe that Sean O'Malley will fight Marlon Cheeto Vera in the co-main event because I believe that when you have these big stars that you have right now listed, if you're going to do a December pay-per-view, which is traditionally one of the bigger ones, you got to main event it with not only one title fight, but two. So I'm going Covington Edwards, and I'm going O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera. DC, if that is the fight card that the UFC could make for December 16th, <laughs> it's going to be explosive. We all know that Leon Edwards is one of the best mixed martial artists in the entire world, and he's actually ascending. We saw him get better in London against the former champion, Kamaru Usman, and Kobe Covington is always game for a throwdown, always game for a fight, always shows up, immaculate cardio, tough as nails, great grappling, his stand-up is getting better. I'd be excited about that. And who doesn't want to see the Cheeto Vera, Sean O'Malley beef settled? Right? These are two dudes who both think they're better than the other guy, but Chito Vera actually has the win. A win that Sean O'Malley does not count as a loss. And so if we can watch these two dudes go toe-to-toe -to -toe on the same card with Kobe Covington and Leon Edwards, we only have one problem. What fight is going to be last? Because if I had to guess, don't get me wrong, I know people love Kobe. I know everybody understands how cold Leon is. But Sean O'Malley on any card, 
from here until forever, if he's defending that championship belt, that is going to be the main event. It's going to be the last yeah. fight of the night. And when his walkout song starts, you will see that the crowd is pro O'Malley because after what I heard in Boston, and the way that they reacted to somebody that wasn't even the champion, as I'm sitting around watching Timex commercials with a dude who is not the champion, you already know where the hype machine is, and that hype machine is behind the guy with the rainbow hair. RC, very rarely does the light guy walk last. If you got it, usually, if it's a lighter guy and a heavier the heavier guy makes the walk last. That's just the way it does. There's been one instance where a championship fight was the co-main event, and it was Misha Tate versus Holly Holm. They were on the undercard when Conor McGregor fought Nate Diaz. So you kind of get it, but O'Malley's walking after Leon Edwards, after Leon Edwards has just won two fights over Kamaru Usman. That's telling RC in regards to who Sean O'Malley is and how he is viewed in the world, and you know what? You know what's yeah. even crazier? I can't strongly disagree with you because I do believe that level that that dude might hit the curtain last. But RC, as we do every single week, my brother, we got to tap in. Oh, we got to tap out. Corporate Jake, let's get it. All right, guys, Saturday night, the aforementioned Erin Blanchfield solidified herself as one of the best flyweights in the world. DC, tap in or tap out. This time next year, Erin is a UFC champion. Uh... Man, I I tap I I don't know, man. I, because it, yeah, I can't tell you that because that would put me on the side of predictions, and I can't predict fights with my job uh, at the commentary table. I'm not willing to. One of my greatest sources of income to say that, but I do believe that she should fight by this point next year. I don't know if she's gonna win because Corporate Jake, as much as I love you, as much as I love ESPN, y'all don't pay me what the UFC pays me not to predict fights, so I ain't doing it. <laughs> hey, well, listen, I'm going to tap in. What you've seen from Aaron Blanchfield, one, is constant progression, constant ascension, constantly improving. And on the other side of that, she's shown a toughness, especially in these last two fights, that lets you know where she is when it pertains to some of the best in the division. We're going to see an Alexa Grasso-Valentina Shevchenko rematch, and I believe the winner of that fight has to see Aaron Blanchfield, and when they do, she's going to be good enough to come home with the win. Corporate Jake. All right, guys, this Saturday in Paris, Thug Rose Namajunas returns, however, this time at flyweight. So, RC, tap in or tap out, the former champ becomes the number one contender with a win in France. You know what? I don't believe that Rose Namajunas becomes a number one contender at flyweight. I don't believe she jumps Aaron Blanchfield. And... I would have to think that the UFC is very weary of the roller coaster Rose Namajunas rides with aggression, rides with wanting to compete. And I believe that that would scare you off from someone who is more traditionally ready for violence every time they step into the octagon. RC, that is such a great point. I don't know how you know that at times it can be a little bit of a roller coaster, right? Because Rose will go off and she'll garden. Her and Pat Barry, beef jerky, bro, they would make it at their house. Like, they just sometimes kind of <laughs> just chill. And when Rose wants to chill, yeah. Rose wants to chill. Now, I do feel 
Because if Rose does look great against Manon Fior, she might jump her because of her star power. But I believe the hesitation would be in the fact that they don't know if they would have Rose as readily available as she wants, as mm -hmm. they want her to be. All right, guys, recently, MMA GOAT Demetrius Johnson stated that it is easier to become a champion in MMA than it is in boxing due to certain fighters having holes in their game in mixed martial arts. DC, tap in or tap out, MMA is easier than boxing to become a world champion. Okay, so this is a bit of a layered one, right? I think that it's easier in this regard. And it's not going to stay that way for a long time because – you don't start MMA as a kid most times. You usually get a guy that comes with a specific everything else, and as he improves in those other areas, he's good enough to become champion. Me being a wrestler, I learned to strike enough, to do jiu-jitsu enough. Whereas in boxing, these guys are fighting in that singular skill set since they're five, six years old. It doesn't yeah. change. So it's hard to beat a guy in that one singular skill set, but it's like wrestling win an NCAA title but if you go to the UFC and everybody doesn't wrestle it just feels a little bit easier whereas in boxing to be world champion you got to beat that guy in that single skill set at the top of the sport to be a world champ so uh I I agree but also there's like 10 champions in boxing so maybe that is yeah. wrong I don't yeah, know I what DJ to... talking about yeah, yeah I, I was about to say there's only one champion Per, per weight class in the UFC. So from that sense, I believe it's harder. But the other thing that doesn't really happen in boxing is guys with seven losses get opportunities to fight for championship or guys who could be ranked sixth or seventh are fast fast tracked to getting an opportunity at the championship title because of storyline i think some of those things are different and the other piece of it is too if you are better at one specific skill than another guy he could be the premier striker but you're the better grappler the better wrestler if you can get him to fight in your style you can also win that way whereas what we've seen with bud crawford and errol spence jr if you are elite yeah but a step or a tier below where the other guy is, it could get ugly and it could get bloody. RC, you ain't beating Terrence Crawford. Like, that's the thing. You ain't beating Bud. Like, guys, yeah. if you ain't yeah, fought since tell. you were a little boy. <laughs> bro, think about yeah. this. They said Errol Spitz because he only started. Errol would brag about starting the box at 15. Bud been boxing yeah. since a little boy, and you can already see the difference in between them. It's like you saw a guy that learned late opposed to a guy that learned yeah. as a little boy, and it was just a massive difference. All right, guys. Reports are circulating that Ronda Rousey is done with WWE and potentially ready to make her return to the UFC at UFC 300. RC, tap in or tap out Ronda returning at UFC 300? I only tap in if they give her a cupcake. If you give Ronda <laughs> Rousey somebody who is really serious about mixed martial arts, is experienced and understands it, I don't want to see it. I tap all the way out on this. Ronda Rousey was a, is a part of the reason, a large part of the reason, why women have become so skilled. So skilled. She became a superstar. She showed what can possibly happen if you become the UFC champion and you have charisma, you have personality, you have the look. So now more women have begun to train in the disciplines that will allow you to be a mixed martial arts champion. I don't want to see Ronda Rousey come back and be worse than what we saw versus Holly Holm or Amanda Nunes. 
you know, Ronda Rousey is not coming back to fighting. Ronda Rousey, I know, or I've heard, wants to do stuff with her family. And Ronda doesn't need to come back to fighting. This rumor was started by a girl that was fighting a few weeks ago because I think she was hopeful for it. Ronda was a supernova, Ryan. She was exactly what... Remember, the UFC did not want women fighting. But how do you not deny Ronda? You couldn't. And she became an even bigger star than anyone could have ever imagined. But I do not believe for one second that we'll ever see Ronda Rousey inside the octagon again. All right, guys, last one. Sean O'Malley solidified his recent title win in a way that will be with him forever. A tattoo right on his forehead. DC, tap in or tap out on oh. Sugar's new tattoo? I tap out, bro, because guess what? You got to grow old with those tattoos. Like, those tattoos don't yeah, go bro. anywhere. You have them for the rest of your life. So when you're 70 years old, you got a sugar with a champion on the top of your eyelid. So, no, I tap out, man. Look, the kids, kids probably love it because the kids love everything that Sean O'Malley does. But as a 45, how old am I, 44, 45-year-old man? out on him winning that championship belt and then tattooing it on his forehead. We all know who you are. We know you're Sean O'Malley, the sugar show and the champion. And I'm be honest, man. I tap in on it because that's who he is. That's who he is. Like, if you look at Lil Weezy, we both from Louisiana. Lil Weezy has tattoo, <laughs> tattoos all over his face. Lil Weezy has never or never thought about having a real job. Now he's going to be on <laughs> TV every Friday debating on a sports debate show. I think times have changed. And, yeah, he's going to look funny when he's 70 years old, but he's going to be 70 years old <laughs> and wrinkle like a bad avocado anyway. So it really doesn't matter. So, Sugar, if you want to live that life, get paid, tell everybody that you're the champion, go ahead and do it. Now, what's going to be bad is you go out there and you don't win your next bout, and now you're like, golly, man, got this tattoo for nothing. <laughs> RC, get a tattoo on your face and see how many of them shows you. Get a tattoo on that pretty face of yours and see how many of them shows you going to still be in here. Look. It's the money maker. Once again, my brother, I got to let you get back to work, dog. I got to let you get back to work. As I'm done, I know you ain't done. Guys, find the show every Tuesday on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, and now on ESPN2. RC, enjoy the rest of your week. My brother, always fun tapping in with you. My dog. Time, guys. I'm That's Ryan Clark. We will catch you on. Peace. <laughs>